If we ever run out of prayers to talk about, I want to just do a podcast where you talk about George Zabriskie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be fun. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Like, we could go really deep into, like, the Falcons of Iceland on one episode and... Oh, wow. The Church Club on another. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's going to be the next serial. Welcome to The Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. And this week, we're starting our Lenten series, which is why I'm talking like someone from The Delicious Dish, apparently. (laughs) Oh, does it have to be Lent already, Holly? Yes, it does. It seems late this year, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, it is kind of late. I'm not sure if it's as late as it can be, but it's on that end. Yeah, I, I think that the latest it can ever be is something like April 26th. Because I remember once, my birthday is in at the end of April, and I remember once looking it up to see if it could ever be on, if Easter could ever be on my birthday. And it can't? No. You could become Orthodox, and then I'll bet it would. Yeah, good call. But I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, apparently, here we go. The latest it could possibly be is April 27th. Hmm, Okay. And so Easter is April 15th this year. So, yeah, it could still be quite a bit later. Yeah. Let's not talk about Easter until we've gotten through Lent, though, dude. All right. All right. So um, now that we've wrapped up our series on government, we are going to be exploring the various prayers of confession, penitence, and calling that you can find in the daily office. Actually, I'm super excited about uh, digging into this. Uh, you know, uh, as we've mentioned before, Regina Heater put an amazing schedule together for us, and I never would have thought really to go this direction. Yeah, and it's awesome. What we're going to be praying this week is the confession of sin in morning prayer uh, that appears in the right one version on page 41. So this may be the earliest page that we have ever cited. In I the really Book of think it prayer. is. And and the reason I think that we're going to talk about this right one confession is because the confession in morning prayer right two is the same confession that most of us hear in church on Sunday mornings. Yeah, and you know that confession is probably going to be worth talking about at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to see some like real penitence, th- this is a this is a pretty good one. Yeah. So here we go. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare thou those who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, 
according to thy promises, declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, most, o, o most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Yeah. You know, I was totally unfamiliar with uh, with this prayer. Uh, you know, I've been on record on this show as preferring right to. Yes. While it's entirely possible that I've prayed this prayer before, although I can't ever remember, because when I say the office myself, I use right to, and I don't recall ever attending a right one daily uh, morning prayer. I feel like we might have prayed this prayer once at an Acts 8 meeting. Hmm. That seems possible. But that's the only time. It, and when I read, when I was preparing for this, I was like, I feel like I remember saying this prayer and being interested in it. Is it in one of the penitential orders? Hmm. Yes. Penitential order one. Okay. Then that's where I have seen it. I, I have been in right one Episcopal churches during Lent. Gotcha. You know, Hatchet notes, and this is an old prayer, uh, goes back to 1552, but Hatchet observes that it's based on Romans 7, 8 through 25, Mm -hmm. and it is in the sense that, you know, that passage in Romans is Paul wrestling with sin. The only time I've ever agreed with Paul, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, the the part that says, I do not understand my, my own, own actions, actions. <laughs> <laughs> for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate, uh, and, and so on. So at least thematically, this prayer is clearly related to that. But uh, there, there's very little in the phrasing uh, that really calls back uh, to, to that, you know, in a sort of word for word sense. Yeah, I agree with you. I I looked it up as well, and I was kind of like, eh, I mean, thematically similar, but not exactly word for word. Like, sometimes you'll find, you know, chunks of phrases that are just completely picked up and carried over. I I guess we can kind of work through this one line by line. Um, You know, the second line, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. Uh, I really like that one a lot. I do, too. And we, we've talked a fair amount on this show about the image of Jesus as shepherd, and it's uh, sort of great to see that implicitly in this prayer as well. Yeah. Then we go on to, we have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts, which, of course, when I first read that, I was thinking about the device of my own heart, which is my iPhone, and <laughs> um, and how I follow it way too much. So yeah. it's pretty prescient, actually. <laughs> You know, I, I think that devices and desires thing. You know, obviously that that phrase is a is a bit archaic. I don't think we often use devices that way. So we do need to be clear that I think this prayer is probably cool with pacemakers. Indeed, yes. But certainly in terms of you know a little bit of alliteration and internal rhyme, I'm a fan. Yeah, this is some solid Cranmer right here. It's very good stuff. We have offended against thy holy laws. Sure. Yep, we have left undone those things which we ought to have done. Uh, check. Mm-hmm. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. Check. Although yeah. I will say that part, I, pr- I prefer the right to phrasing of what we have done and what we have left undone. Yeah, it certainly has a, a bit more economy to it. Yeah. 
So, and that's kind of the end of what we are confessing. And this is where there's uh, a really major difference between right one and right two. The right two uh, confession includes a confession that we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Right, and not loved God with our whole hearts. Right. But obviously, both prayers have different emphasis, and both, I would say, are at least reasonably comprehensive in that, you know, you can basically fit all of your sins into the categories that those two set up. So here's an interesting little tidbit about the history of this prayer. When Cranmer wrote it, there was an additional clause after ought not to have done, and that was... And there is no health in us. But that was dropped in this version of the prayer, mm. which I'm okay with. I, I would say that I'm all right with that, too. Yeah. I, I, I don't know this for sure. I'd venture to say that goes back to the Augustinian. Is it Augustinian concept of total depravity? Probably. Is that him? I don't know. That sounds like something he would say. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully one of our listeners will tweet at us about that because I don't feel like Googling it. It is Augustinian, yes. Okay. So then we go on from confessing to asking for God's mercy. And again, there's the second phrase, and the final phrase that was omitted from the original here. The prayer in the Book of Common Prayer says, But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us. Um, the original version said, But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Wow. Yeah. That's not pulling any punches. No, man. We are sick and we are miserable. <laughs> and that is the name of my new podcast where I'm going to talk about my chronic health ailments. <laughs> sick and <Hooray>. miserable. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Say it. I want to hear what you're thinking. Okay. So on the one hand, uh, I am against sugarcoating stuff. Like, so even though I, I am not really a right one person, and for that matter, I'm not really a fan of the prayer of humble access. <gasps> I'm kind of okay with it. I thought everyone loved the prayer of humble access. What? Like, I Do always hear people talk about how beautiful it is and how wish they wish that we prayed it all the time. I kind of hate it personally well I, I I think it is beautiful in the sense that it actually expresses um, a reality but for my part I think it shows up at the wrong part in the service oh um, and I you know I don't know exactly where else it would show up but it seems anyway I, I don't like it because it seems inappropriate to have that after you have already absolved people of their sins like 10 minutes ago and here you are kind of saying that you are not worthy again I, I suppose the way I look at it liturgically is you know you got a 10 minute period where like you've been absolved and hopefully you have managed not to sin during the <laughs> Eucharistic prayer let's hope not but and so there, there's an opportunity there to approach with humility, but also um, a, a sense that we have been made worthy. And I think the prayer of humble access is a step back. That is super interesting. For those of you who don't know the prayer of humble access, you can find it on page 337 of the BCP. I guess we don't need to get into that one. I, no, we, we I'm can sure spend we'll a whole on, We can spend a whole other podcast yeah. on that prayer. Yeah, and we probably will. But anyway, let's get back to um, the confession for morning prayer. My whole point was this sort of miserable offenders uh, oh, right. thing. And so the prayer of humble access, you know, 
even though I'm not a fan of its liturgical placement, I like its content. And it does not, it's pretty direct. The thing I don't like about miserable offenders is I don't like things that tell me how to feel. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, shut up, Crammer. How do you know if I'm miserable? <laughs> I'm actually feeling pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't want the prayer book to, to, to be that presumptive. And I'm guessing there's an archaic meaning of miserable that sort of makes it make a bit more sense. But right now, it like reads to me about like an EFM curriculum that I was in a, a couple years ago. During the first lesson, the EFM study guide was talking about how times of transition are confusing and disconcerting and assuming that I must feel this way because I'm in a new year of EFM. And <laughs> EFM confuses me about a lot of things, but not because of... <laughs> I was so I got so used to last year's curriculum. What will I ever do? <laughs> yeah, I am digressing so hard right now. Okay. I'm going to have to confess that. Yeah, you have definitely done the things you ought not to have done. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, so God is going to show us mercy because we're praying for it. And the the phrase I actually particularly like uh, here is "According to Thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord," which I think is there's actually an interesting confidence there that even though we're asking for mercy, we're doing so in, you know, we're sort of invoking Jesus' promise here. Mm, And uh, mm -hmm. so it's not just the request for mercy, but actually even the expectation of it. Cool. Yeah. So then our final phrasing, we grant most merciful father for his sake that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous and sober life. i know i'm 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 joking but i'm kind of also not joking because real aside from sober meaning not drinking alcohol it also means you know kind of solemn or or um i don't know muted and i don't think that god wants that for us necessarily yeah i for for lent for lent maybe but that that's that sense of solemnity there there's a bit of a joylessness there Mm -hmm. and this isn't a prayer just for lent nope so you could wake up every morning and pray to live a sober life if you so chose now, we've talked about this before, Brendan. I have yet to make any significant progress toward my overarching goal to pray the daily office on a regular basis. Have you? Um, well, oh, that makes me feel better, kind of. That was what we... We had a listener challenge last Lent to do that, didn't we? I to think invite, so. <laughs> yeah, oh man, we crashed and burned on that one. We did. All right, I'm going to try again. This Lent? Yeah. Okay, I'll try with you. All right. Listeners, want to join us? We're not going to promise that we're going to do better than last year. No, but we're going to try. And if you let us know that you're praying along with us, um, we'll try to encourage one another. Absolutely. During Lent, do we acknowledge and bewail? Do we just bewail? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I think we're only allowed to bewail our manifold sins and wickedness. Oh, good point. Which we, from time to time, most grievously have committed, uh, as shows up in another Confession of Sin prayer. I have something I I do want to acknowledge, though. Have you ever seen um, the sitcom uh, Mom? Who's in it? Allison Janney. 
Oh, I've, I've seen it, but I don't think I've watched even a full episode. So I would encourage our listeners to give it a chance. This is actually something the official linguist of the Collect Call came across. And the premise of the show is uh, that Allison uh, Janney's character, whose name is Bonnie in the show, she and her daughter are both recovering alcoholics. Okay. And the show is about sort of their relationship, their relationship with their friends in the AA meeting um, and with other family members. And the show is um, both pretty funny and then, like, at the end of every other episode, it basically stabs you in the heart. Ooh. I have never, like, cried watching a sitcom before, but this show does it to me regularly. Ooh. So, um, I don't know what channel it's on. We just watched it on Amazon. Um, but uh, it is worth seeking out. Interesting. Well, I would like to acknowledge that um, my, one of my many fake boyfriends, John Oliver, is back. <laughs> <laughs> in the regular rotation, and I am very happy to have him back on the air. Even though he's not exactly John Stewart, he helps. He helps in a dark age. Yeah. <laughs> I don't watch that show very often, but I do enjoy it when I see it. Yeah. I understand that. Well, if you would like to tell us about your fake boyfriends, you can send us a tweet at the collect call at Acts 8. No, no, that's our email that's address. That's not how you the, do the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you can send us a tweet mail <laughs> at it's an A with a little circle around it. <laughs> no, so we are on Twitter at the Collect Call. We are on Facebook also um, as the Collect Call, and uh, you can email us at the Collect Call at acts 8 movement dot org. You can also send smoke signals or carrier pigeons if all of those mechanisms are not working for you and you can also leave us a uh, review on itunes we would I, i'd like to acknowledge a friend of the show father benjamin gildas host of the priest pulse podcast of uh doing that kindness yes, for us thank you so much we love reviews we do i i mean we like the good ones well yeah of course so i there's probably you know negative reviews piling up right now from the church club of new york <laughs> Maybe this is the kind of viralness we need to really make it big. <laughs> We've created a beef. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, well, man. if you would like to talk to our parent organization about <laughs> our uh, improprieties, you can do so on Facebook or Twitter at Acts 8, that's the number 8, movement, or on the web at acts8movement.org. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keeps... <laughs> I'm just thinking about an Episcopal blood feud happening now. <laughs> it's so like a scene from West Side Story. In my yeah. Head. <laughs> Except it'll be done with like thuribles and whatever vergers carry around. Oh my God. <laughs> then like a bishop rolls in with a crozier. Oh man. It's on. Hmm. Um. <laughs> our. our... <laughs> Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And, you know, we're recording this before Lent, so it's totally okay for us to be this unsober. <laughs> <laughs> and the show will be released before Lent as well. Yes. So, but don't listen to it afterwards. Don't! 
it will ruin everything. Well, join us next week when we promise to be a little more solemn, and we will be continuing taking a look at the prayers of confession. And it's going to be our 150th episode, too. I mean, woo. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see you then. Bye. Let our mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in His hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to 